This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how operating differently can help you overcome the pressures facing your dealership today at reyrey.com slash operate differently. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News here in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, Bill Ford responds to the UAW's combative messages. More Americans are getting loans for more than their cars are worth. And Mazda and Panasonic are working on a partnership to develop EV batteries. Plus, we'll meet the new head of Cadillac, John Roth. As I come into the role, it's, it's really evolving what Cadillac wants to be in the marketplace and making sure that we meet the customer uh, where the customer is. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Ford Executive Chair Bill Ford is pushing back on aggressive rhetoric from new UAW officials. UAW President Sean Fain and others have pointedly positioned the Detroit Three automakers as adversaries of the union workers that they employ. In his inaugural address to members in March, Fain referred to corporations such as the Detroit Three as the union's, quote, one true enemy and told members to prepare for war. Bill Ford balked at that characterization when speaking with reporters on Tuesday. The day that our employees are considered my enemy is the day I'll retire. The head of the UAW may consider us his enemy, but I will never consider our employees our enemy. Contracts at Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis expire on September 14th. The union is expected to aggressively push for higher wages, better benefits, and more job protections. More Americans are entering into auto loans that exceed the worth of their cars. That's after vehicle values declined in the wake of dramatic increases during the pandemic. The findings are in a new study from credit reporting firm TransUnion and market researcher J.D. Power. Used car loan-to-value ratios increased to 125 in the first three months of this year from 104 from the same period in 2021. A ratio of 125 means that the borrower's loan is worth 125% of the vehicle's value. Meanwhile, another new study finds that auto loan delinquency exceeded recession-era highs in the first quarter of this year. S&P Global Mobility reports that the spike is mostly contained within the subprime tier, with independent lenders focused on subprime loans for used vehicle purchases feeling the squeeze the most. Mazda and the energy unit of Panasonic Holdings will start talks to set up a battery supply partnership for electric vehicles. That's the kind of effort that could carry Mazda a step closer to ramping up production of EVs. In November, it unveiled a $10.5 billion spending plan to drive electrification of vehicles. In the partnership, Panasonic Energy would supply Mazda with cylindrical lithium-ion batteries made in Japan and North America for Mazda EVs expected to be rolled out in the latter half of this decade. And Tesla is still king when it comes to made-in-America vehicles. That's according to the 2023 American-Made Index from Cars.com. It's an independent ranking of vehicles based on assembly location, parts content, engine origins, transmission origins, and U.S. manufacturing workforce. Tesla claimed first and second place for the second year in a row, in addition to nabbing third and fourth place this year. The Model Y led the charge, followed by the Model 3, Model X, and Model S. 
Rounding out the top 10 were the Honda Passport, Volkswagen ID4, Honda Odyssey, Acura MDX, Honda Ridgeline, and Acura RDX. So yeah, no models from the Detroit 3. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Bill Ford pushed back at UAW President Sean Fain's aggressive rhetoric. Now, I'm not going to say Fain being aggressive is a bad thing, but Jamie, why hasn't he stepped into this role more diplomatic? You know, I think he's really trying to make up for the the sins of his predecessors, really, the past presidents and past other leaders who took bribes from the automakers and really weren't representing their members as much as they were representing their own interests and selling out their members to the companies. So he wants to identify that he and his leadership team is going to be, you know, in opposition to the companies and on the side of the workers. In this case, it, you know, Bill Ford is really the ideal person or an excellent person to push back on that. You know, he's, of course, from the, the Ford family. But as, when he joined the company, he was put into a labor relations role because they knew for the family's sake, this was going to be strategically important over the decades. And you know, he's been there 40 some years. And in my time here in Detroit, my 20 some years here in Detroit, it has always been important every time these talks come up, the relationship between Bill Ford and the Ford family with the members who work in their factories with or without the participation of the union leadership. I feel like September is going to be a soap opera. (laughs) Coming up, we'll hear from Cadillac's new chief, John Roth. That's next on Daily Drive. Economic uncertainty, vehicle affordability, and ever-increasing customer expectations are threatening the profitability and efficiency gains you've made over the last couple of years. You may be finding the strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. You offer online options so customers can begin the buying process remotely, but your salespeople have to rebuild the deal or correct it during the in-store appointment. You ask your advisors to be proactive about calling customers to get work approved, but still wind up with occupied bays and stalled jobs when the customer doesn't answer the phone. Your business office clerks are trying to process deal jackets faster, but funding still takes weeks. The strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. Getting better at outdated and inefficient processes will only get you so far. Let's face it, Netflix isn't a household name because they got really good at mailing DVDs. And nearly half of Apple's revenue comes from the iPhone, not from the computers the company was founded on. These companies evolved as new challenges presented themselves instead of sticking with the status quo. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to operate differently. Finding new and innovative ways to operate is essential to effectively managing the pressures facing your dealership. Visit reyrey.com slash operate differently to get started. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. New Cadillac boss John Roth is preparing to hit the road to meet with dealers as he works to shape his vision for the future of General Motors' luxury brand. Roth took over as vice president of Global Cadillac on June 1st. He succeeds Rory Harvey, who was promoted to president of North America with the retirement of Steve Carlisle. Roth will lead the brand as it aims to electrify its lineup by 2030, led by the Lyric midsize electric crossover that went on sale last year. Ross spoke with Automotive News GM reporter Lindsay Van Hulley. The EV transition, you know, by 2030 is certainly um, a, a big change since since you've been associated with it. How else have you seen the brand evolve and, and kind of where 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 is it come and kind of where is it today? Isn't it kind of take over 
bad leadership. Right. So, uh, you know, I go back to 2013 when I was Cadillac and regional director for the South Central region. And I think about the portfolio that we had then and then just that vision that uh, our senior leaders, Mark and Mary, have put out there of zero, zero, zero and Cadillac leading that charge for General Motors and having an opportunity to launch a vehicle like Lyric, launch a vehicle like Escalade IQ, thinking about what a Celestic vehicle uh, will do for the portfolio, and then all the other vehicles that we haven't publicly talked about yet. Um, the portfolio is, is incredible in that march of messaging that's going to happen over the months and uh, years to come. It's a, a huge investment uh, in the Cadillac that uh, is paying off. So to come back now and lead that that investment and those launches and, and really earn the hearts and minds of our customers out there, uh, both Conquest as well as uh, our tried and true Cadillac customer base. Uh, just a great opportunity. There have been lots of different visions and, and iterations for Cadillac's direction over the years. And so how do you come into it and kind of think about how, how you want to shape and, and leading and, and kind of you know, your vision for the brand as, as it goes forward. Yeah, so we're working on that right now. So, uh, you know, the great part about my career is I know many of uh, those individuals that I'm stepping into the shoes of and had some conversations over the internet and face to face. And of course, my boss is now Rory Harvey, who stood uh, in these shoes and this chair. And so it's a great exchange. And so, uh, you know, Cadillac has always been about building on itself and keep growing uh, as a luxury brand and, and always asking itself, how do you become the standard of the world? How are you at the standard of the world? And then how do you repeat that cycle over and over? So I, as I come into the role, it's, it's really evolving what uh, what Cadillac wants to be in the marketplace and making sure that we meet the customer uh, where the customer is. And luxury is always changing and evolving. And over the last three years, uh, luxury has changed quite a bit as people are now returning to travel, buying luxury goods and getting out of their homes again and seeing the world. And it's great to see a portfolio uh, like what we have, where you have Escalade at one end at the large luxury segment, number one in that segment. And then today, here talking about XT4 and it's number one in the small SUV segment. And so it's about just leaning into that momentum and carrying it forward and, and paying honor to those who came before me. How does, you know, the EV transition lend itself to, um, you know, kind of that, that luxury feel, that luxury identity? How, how do yeah. the two uh, play together and, and, and how, how does that identity then yeah. get shaped going forward? Well, it, it's again, Cadillac leads the zero, zero, zero message that, that Mark and Mary and General Motors leadership has uh, put in the marketplace. And so as you bring EVs to the market and you talk to the design staff that uh, folks that, like that are here today, and it gives them degrees of freedom that they've never had before with a full flat floor uh, that the battery technology, removing the transmission tunnel, and then just the overall software experience and ride and handling of the vehicles is, is something, uh, if you haven't driven one, it's, it's an amazing experience. So the degrees of freedom that design and engineering gets from an EV and then fulfilling on that, that promise of you know, zero crashes, zero congestion, zero emissions. It's, uh, it's a fantastic way to lead the brand forward. And I couldn't think of a better brand in the marketplace to do than Cadillac.
Well, and, and as far as the XT4 and some of the other, you know, internal combustion vehicles in the portfolio, you know, as that transition to EVs happens, what's kind of the runway for uh, for the ICE vehicles? You know, do they do they go up to about 2030? Is there the possibility yeah. that some of them extend longer? They uh, they coexist, right? And um, that's the beauty about being in the business we're in and the manufacturing flexibility that we have that I know Gerald Johnson talks about quite often is we can meet the customer where the customer is. And so as time evolves, yeah, we have our mission and our vision, you know, to be offering an electric portfolio by the end of the, the decade. And you can kind of follow the customer as they tell you what, what they want to purchase. And so that's what's really important to us is, yes, we want to make sure that we're fulfilling our vision, but you also don't want to leave the customer behind in, in the process. And so that's why we're, we're working together and, and managing that coexistence uh, from now through the end of the decade. And Lyric, I know you mentioned earlier, 3,000 delivered, uh, 3,000 units delivered. Is that since the start of production? Uh, this calendar year. This calendar year. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so 3,000 so, units produced since January of 23. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So uh, lots of opportunity with that vehicle. We're managing demand. Uh, we continue to get great uh, traffic through our uh, discovery of, of the vehicles through places like Cadillac Live and, and through our dealership network and our concierge capability uh, that we have. So uh, yeah, the uh, the demand is there and we want to make sure we continue to uh, fulfill that demand here through time. And I know that Rory and others have said, you know, it, it's going to be a measured launch. It's going to ramp, especially I think more in the second half. Yes. Uh, is that still the plan? That's still the plan. And, uh, you know, every week, every day, uh, more vehicles being built in Spring Hill and and satisfying that uh, that measured demand that we want to make sure that we uh, manage appropriately. You know, you mentioned Cadillac Live as being you know one place that that customers can connect. Talk about that, I guess, from, from what you know about it and and, and what you're aware of. Yeah, so you'll get a, experience and, yeah. and kind of how that helps customers interact with the brand digitally versus you know in inside the showroom right so you know a lot of consumers get their start looking on the internet for what vehicle am i interested in and in many manufacturers you might get a chat bot or just have a long paragraph of information digitally which does serve a purpose it allows you to research that vehicle on your own time or three o'clock in the morning if that's when you're on the internet uh, what cadillac live allows us to do is then augment that relationship or that partnership so you have a two-way uh, dialogue with a live professional who's got a camera in their hand and you can direct that conversation or be directed through that conversation and and have an opportunity for that one-way immersive video to actually see the details and get up close as opposed to static photography uh, around the vehicle so it becomes digital and live all at the same time so it hence the name and so just a great opportunity to raise that bar on when customers are, are shopping online. How do dealers interact with it? Is it something where from that studio they can be sort of handed off to a dealer or how Both, yeah. So there's a whole concierge connection and lead generation management. So if a consumer at the end of that experience is really interested, there's a nice warm handoff uh, into our dealer network, but it also is a training tool. So salespeople can get on live as well and help improve their knowledge and their skill. And then we augment that with what we call Cadillac IQ Academy, which allows our sales uh, professionals and our service professionals to get online and really improve and, and grow their knowledge of, uh, of our vehicles through uh, game-based 
points and uh, knowledge um, database. So they all kind of come together and allow you to use the digital um, marketplace, if you will, or the advantages of uh, that we've learned through the pandemic of doing things virtually through cameras and and uh, and those kinds of things. So it's just a better experience all the way around. You know, I know you're two weeks into the job. Have you met with dealers? Are you are you talking with dealers? So uh, next week we hit the road. So we're in our five major cities over the next two weeks. Uh, I was with our National Dealer Council uh, last week having a uh, direct conversation. On, these are my initial observations. Tell me where you think we are and, and having that great collaboration with our dealer partners on, okay, where do we go next? Because they're super excited about the, the product portfolio. But again, back to being the standard, raising the standard and repeat, that's kind of my message to them is, okay, we're here. Where do we go next, right? If you don't want to keep climbing that hill and, and making sure that you raise the bar each and every day and we have a great dealer network that'll push you and, uh, and help you do what's right for the luxury customer. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to being on the road with, with all of them and hearing what's on their mind. All right, John, thank you thank very you. much. Always a pleasure. John Roth is the new Global Vice President of Cadillac. He spoke with our own Lindsey Van Hulley. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Michael Martinez, Laura Harris, and Abigail Hamm for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on manufacturing, UAW negotiations, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with Frank Hanley, Senior Director of Auto Benchmarking at J.D. Power, about the research firm's 2023 initial quality study. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.